the sword of the Spirit and the anointing of God. Welcome to the Faith Center Audio Experience Podcast. We are excited to have you listen with us today. We pray this podcast encourages you in your walk with Christ. Finding us on social media is very easy. Search at Faith Center C-O-G-I-C on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Please listen to the announcements very closely. We don't want you to miss out on any future events. Sunday school begins at 8.55 a.m. via conference call. If you would like to receive the lesson for next week's class, please contact us with your email address. Virtual midweek worship service begins at 7 p.m. every Wednesday. You can tune in via Facebook Live or YouTube.com forward slash FaceCenterCT. End of the week prayer call begins every Friday at 7 p.m. FCC Men's Department has a men prayer call that begins every Saturday at 8.30 a.m. Join us as the men of FCC pray for our needs at home and around the world. Follow us on social media outlets for upcoming events and updates. And now for today's word from our Bishop Joseph Norfleet. On this wonderful day that the Lord has made, I thank God today for my life, my health and strength. I want to do something that we don't hear a whole lot about these days. I want to testify. That is that God has been and is good to me. Yes, he did. He woke me up this morning. It wasn't my alarm clock. Praise God. I had an alarm clock set this morning, but I actually woke up before the alarm clock. But if it had not been for God's touch on my life, no alarm clock could have awakened me. I'm saved. I am sanctified as in set apart for God's holy use, God's holy word. And I'm filled with God's precious Holy Spirit. He leads me and guides me in all truth. He teaches me in his way. And I bless and honor his holy name. There is a word from the Lord today. And this word has your name written on it. It is specific for you. I want to encourage you today that as you hear this word, know that it's not by accident or mistake or by chance that you happen to be listening today. God orchestrated this moment, even from the foundation of the world, that you would be in this place to hear this word. It's going to strengthen and encourage you today. I want to speak to you from the subject that we started about two weeks ago. Amen. Part two of encouraging yourself in the time of crisis. Encouraging yourself in the time of crisis. Let's hear the word from 1 Samuel chapter 30. We're going to read verses 1 through 8. 1 Samuel chapter 30 verses 1 through 8. And the word of the Lord says, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captive that were therein 
They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lift up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captive, Ahinoam, the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Cameronites. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved. Mm. Every man for his sons and for his daughters, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. The ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. Verse 8. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, and he answered him, and God answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. Praise God. I love the word of God. I embrace the word of God because it serves as a roadmap and a navigator to the place called success. I like the fact that we can see God's word not just as the roadmap, that just shows you what lies ahead, what's around you, what's behind you, but it is as a uh, the modern day GPS. You know how when you're in your car or maybe walking someplace and you put in a certain direction, you know where you want to go or where you want to get to, but you don't know exactly how to get there. Seeing the big map doesn't always tell you necessarily how to get there, because sometimes there are one-way streets, and, and there are streets that are blocked off, and, and, and you know as you use that GPS, many times it will even tell you where there's heavy traffic, so you might be routed around the traffic. So not only is the Word of God a map, but it also serves as the navigator. God would direct you. If you get lost or hung up in traffic or something over here, it will say, rerouting, 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 take a U-turn, or here or there. And that is the way that God does us uh, through his word. We think we have it right, and sometimes we will absolutely be in obedience of God's word, working and going and doing what he said. Suddenly, a crisis takes over. What do we do? How do we go? Something takes us by surprise. A crisis, trouble, is never invited in. It shows up unannounced and unappreciated. And so we need the word of God. Go to the throne of God. Get in that word. Hear a rhema word. And God will reroute you. God will navigate you through whatever is bothering you, whatever is troubling you. And so I absolutely embrace and love the word of God. 
because God will speak specifically to you. The interesting thing is the word as you read it may deal with something that happened happened a thousand, two thousand or more years ago. Yet God is able to deal with you and speak to you in the very place that you are in now. That word of God has that ability to navigate you through the obstacles that you encounter in life. Second Timothy 3 and 16 says this. This is so powerful. All scripture, not some, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. In other words, you want, you want to know how to get to where you're trying to get to, how to get out of where you are. The word of God, that Logos word, the written word, or the rain word, God speaking to you right now, will show you how to get from where you are to where he wants you to be. Praise God. Praise God. And so this is why it's so important, saints of God, why it's so important that we have relationship with the author of the word of God. That's God himself. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi. Praise God. Jehovah Shalom. Ah, that's why I love what Job said in Job 23 and 12. Listen to this. Listen to what Job said. He says, Neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Job is saying the word of God, that spiritual food, is so much more important than my daily intake of natural food. My God, my God, what a powerful word. But crises come to each of our lives. Many times it takes us by surprise. We never saw it coming. <laughs> As I said, it comes unannounced, unwanted, and certainly unappreciated. A crisis is a time of intense difficulty, trouble, or danger. It is a point in a sequence of events where the situation is now critical. What you do next or what you do not do may literally affect you for the rest of your life. So in the time of, tri of crisis or severe severe trouble, it's so important that we get a word from God, that we hear God, that we get direction from God. I don't know what your crisis is today. I know that we're under uh, the arm of uh, a present pandemic, and we all know what that is, that, that treacherous virus, but some of you may be dealing with other things in your lives that presents itself as trouble, unsettling, even a crisis. What are you going to do? How are you going to get out of it? You must do something because to do nothing, you will surely succumb to the pressures of that situation. You have to do something about it. <laughs> and how you conduct yourself in a crisis could not only affect you, but even those lives that are around you, we all, listen, no one is exempt 
from the pressures of life. No one, no one is exempt from a crisis, even Jesus the Christ. Watch this, watch this. There came a time, a point in Jesus's life where he had to make a decision. It was the most significant and important decision, not only of his life, but of our life. He had already told the Father, I'm doing But when he knew that they were coming to take him to the cross, in Matthew and Mark, in those scriptures, on three occasions, Jesus cried out to the Lord concerning the same crisis that he found himself in. Mm. Matthew 26 and 39 says this, Jesus said this, he said, Oh my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but thy will be done as thy will. And do you know what happened after he prayed that prayer? And after he did, my God, my God, after he did what David did back then when he found himself surrounded by men who wanted to stone him, and he too had suffered loss, he knew that he was going through something. He, Jesus cried out to God. Oh, this is the answer. This is why I'm telling you. The word of God is our roadmap and navigator. When Jesus cried out to the Father, God sent an angel, and the Bible says that the angel ministered unto Jesus. In other words, the angel did whatever was necessary for Jesus to get his strength back. Praise God. Let me deal with the story here. This is so powerful, as I often say. I love the word of God. David and his men returned home to find their households and their personal properties burned and destroyed. But the worst of all, their wives and children had been taken by vicious, that, that vicious enemy, their longtime enemy, the Amalekites. But hold that thought. We're going to deal with the Amalekites in just a moment. Just hold on to that. We'll be back. Before I go too far, I want you to see this. God is a preserver. They didn't know what the state of their loved ones were. They were able to see the devastation of the present moment. And if you're not careful when you see the devastation of what's going on around you and what's before you, your mind can go places that you should never visit. But I want you to see in the backdrop how God preserves. The Bible says in the text that not one of them, not wife, not child, not one of them were harmed. No harm was done to them. So God is able to preserve beyond your vision and beyond your imagination. But let's deal with this today. What do you do when in crisis and it appears that all hope is gone? I mean, look at this situation. How could anything have survived this? Everything is burnt. Everything is gone. I don't know where they are, but what state are they in? What, what state? I don't mean physical location state. What, what sense of being? What's, what has happened to them? What do you do when all hope 
appears to be gone, when it looks like there is no way that you can survive or that others or anything is going to survive. The answer is the same thing that Jesus did. The answer is the same thing that David did here. And this is so key. Saints, we've got to learn to trust God. We've got to learn to trust in his word. No matter how long it takes. Look at what David did. You bring your concerns to God the Father. It is as simple as that. David said to Abiathar, bring me the ephod, bring me that prayer floor, bring me my prayer shawl. I'm about to go in. I'm going to talk to God. And the Bible says when he brought it, he went into the presence of the Lord. Verse 8, and David inquired at the Lord, saying, shall I pursue after this truth? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. I don't want to jump ahead myself, but it's so important to remember the promises of God. David had a promise. And the thing about when God tells you what your end result is going to be, he's not generally in the habit of telling you or showing you the process that it's going to take for you to get what he said is yours. But you've got to know that within the promise are the provisions of God to ensure that his promise is fulfilled. When David prayed and God said, pursue and you shall recover all, God didn't tell him that, oh yes, by the way, you're going to go to a certain place and you're going to find uh, 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 an Ethiopian young man who's been left by his master and he's not only going to going to tell you where they are, but he's going to bring you and show you, bring you exactly where they camp out at. See, that's why we have to be attentive to God's word and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You don't know who God has provided for you. Doesn't matter if you don't know him. Obviously, David didn't know this Ethiopian young man who was there to help him. But he had a sensing to know that, no, 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 this, this, this man was with our enemy, but we, we're not going to kill him. I, I sense something different. I feel something different. He looks like those that, that raided and did this. He, he looks like he was a part of that. He was a part, but I got a feeling that God is doing something different. See, you've got to have spiritual discernment in the day that we're living. It's so critical, saying, because you can't go by the eye what you see. But you've got to go by the word of the I am. Praise God. God is the I am. Won't you say that with me? God is the I am. My God, my God. And so it becomes so important that we encourage ourselves. There are times that God will send others to encourage you. And there are times that God will speak a word in your spirit that you would be encouraged. But there are also times when you must encourage yourself as David did here. Now, why is it so important that we must be encouraged? Come on, I know that you all out there and you can't hear, you, you can, I can't hear you, but you can hear me. I, I need someone to ask the question. Someone asked me, why is it so important, Bishop? Come on, come on, right there, verbally. Why is it so important that we must be encouraged? I'm so glad that you asked me that question today. We must be encouraged so that we would be mentally 
and spiritually equipped to push through every trial and tribulation, every trouble and temptation, and every paranoia, uh, every paranoia and pandemic until we prevail. God has victory in mind for us. Praise God. You see, when you are distressed and discouraged, you may be prone to act outside of your godly character. I remember a few weeks ago, it may have been last week, in fact, when my wife was, was preaching and she said how we had slipped up on or occasion to be in the presence of one of the mothers that didn't know we were there. And she was upset at something or someone and she was literally cursing or cussing as we said. And we, when she came to know that we were there, it was like, oh, 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 oh. And she played it off and put it on other seats. Never our fault, although in reality it is. You are always responsible for what you say and what you do, regardless of what's done to you. She said, oh, these people, they, they just make me crazy. They, they just make me cut. No, 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 no. No, you have the ability to always control yourself. You might be tempted to do otherwise, but you can control yourself. Now, and so you don't want to become discouraged because sometimes we are prone to act outside of our godly character. Observe, if you will, the contrast between David's action and the action of his men. Verse six says this, and David was greatly distressed. So David, he, he, he found himself in lack of courage. He wasn't encouraged. I don't want to say that he had no courage, but his level of courage had fallen down. down so. The Bible then says, for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Look at that contrast. You've got to be careful, stay on track. Keep yourself under control of the word and the will of God. Mm. Because of David's strong and intimate relationship with God, he was able to, listen to this, David was able to think outside of the moment, outside of the moment, but his men were incarcerated by the moment. Don't allow yourself to be jailed by the situation in the moment. You gotta know that God is the God of inside and God is the God of outside and he's the one that will bring you outside of your present situation. You got to trust him, hallelujah. Mm. David was able to refer to and rehearse his former victories and it served to encourage him. That's my take on it. David was able to look back and know what God had done for him. What do you do to encourage yourself in a crisis? Again, I wanna look at David here because he's the subject of the moment. David had a long history of victories. And you know what? You have a long history of victories in the Lord as well. God has brought you out of something. 
Every time you get up and you testify, or every time you tell someone of the goodness of the Lord, it is proof that you have gone through something and the fact that God has brought you out. And so I'm not going to stay on this one, on this point, what do you do, uh, as point number one, because I dealt with that the last time we spoke. But very simply, it is to rehearse or remind yourself of your past victories. David had dealt with the lion and the bear and the Goliath and, and other things. He had been traced. But as I said, I don't want to get into that uh, so much. But we see here that the enemy, the Amalekites, he said we're going to get back to that. The Amalekites had attacked the city and took everything. They had a long history of trying to trouble. Well, they wanted to trouble any and everybody to steal their their goods and so forth, but they also were an enemy of God's people. The Amalekites represent that sin or that sinful thing that refuses to go away entirely. It comes back time and time again. Remember that. Sometimes it comes by another name or in a different costume, but it's the same devil. It's the same devil. Uh, after the, uh, let me deal with the Amalekites because I want to show you that, you know, what motivated you to curse uh, or to tell somebody off is the same thing that maybe backfire in your history caused you to slap or get physical with someone or to lie or to cheat or to steal. Same devil, different costume, same devil. <laughs> different look after the Israelites in the wilderness defeated keyword after they defeated the Amalekites the same warring people in their first war in the wilderness Exodus chapter 17 verses 14 through 16 says this now remember this is they went through, uh, Aaron and her held up the hands, the arms of Moses, and as long as his arms were up, they were winning the battle, you may remember. And they had won, and Moses said this, and the Lord said unto Moses, write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Verse 15, and Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. Oh, let, me, let, me, let me pause for a moment. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. A banner is a flag. Uh, it's a banner that is carried in battle. And it's always carried toward the front to remind the troops as they look back and they see that flag. It reminds them who they are. It reminds them that their purpose is righteous. It reminds them of the power and the might that is with them. Ah, Jehovah Nisi. And he built an altar. The altar, how? Right here, we have the altar. The altar is a place of worship, but it is also a place that when you look at it, it is a place of remembrance. I brought it to the altar and God healed, God delivered, God made a way. And so when we see the altar, 
we should remember what God has already done. And here's the power in, in knowing that God, what he's already done, he'll do it again. I want you to speak that out right now. I don't care how many people are around you, no one's, pray, praise God. Uh, say, 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 my God, my God, you, you, got to, you got to know that the victory is yours. Victory is yours. The altar is a place of remembrance. Remember what God did for you. I'm telling you, he'll do it again. Verse 16, we're going to end there in this, uh, what, what uh, Moses did. It says, for he said, in terms of building the altar, because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. That's what I'm saying. These crises, they're going to come from time to time. The devil will attack you. He may look different. It may be called by another name, but it's still the same enemy. Praise God. Number two, how do we encourage ourselves in the time of crisis? This is key. Praise God in advance for your shouting. Before you get to the victory, you might as well shout right now. One of the first things that's done in battle is they have a rally point. Before they even go out to battle, it's like in football and those basketball games, they put their hands together, they say a little chant and so forth, and they all yell and scream. That, that, that's really a, a, a semblance or it's really a celebration before you actually win. Praise the Lord. Praise God in advance for your shall be. First John 3 and 2 says this, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. This is such a powerful scripture. It is a futuristic picture of our total victory and of seeing the victorious Christ. We got a reason to celebrate. We got a reason to praise God. Whatever you're in the midst of, whatever you're going through, I come to tell somebody, you don't have to wait till it's over. You can celebrate right now. You can give God a praise dance right now. You can lift your hand and shout to God. Lord, I thank you for what I see in my future. I see myself out of the situation. I see myself clear and free of this trouble. Praise God, hallelujah. I dare you to shout and praise him right now. Hallelujah. We're going to finalize on number three. What do you do to encourage yourself and keep yourself encouraged? Number three, remind yourself that God is able. <laughs> he can do it. He will do it. And I know that he's going to do it. Remind yourself that God is able. Ah, that, this is why I love the conclusion of Ephesians chapter 3. There Paul says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Ah. My God, did you see that? God is able to do exceeding. He'll go beyond what we thought he could do. He will go beyond what we thought was possible. God is able to do what he said he will do. 
God is able to do what the doctors can't do. God is able to change your prognosis. God is able, my God, yes, he God is able to wash your tears away. Lord, how am I going to get through the car? God is able to make, I can't see the way. There is no door. God is the door when there is no door. God is the way when you can't even fathom how he could possibly bring about change. God is able to bring a breakthrough. God is able to bring back to you what the enemy stole. Come on, tell us about it, David. David went into that camp and began to fight. He went with the assurance of God. I know what God said. He said, pursue. Well, I'm here. I see the enemy. Now I'm going to slay. I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm going to trust God to do what he said he's going to do. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to trust and believe until I see. Hallelujah. What he said is mine. God is able to heal your broken heart. God is able to restore God is able to cleanse you from all of your sins. Yes, he is. You've got to encourage yourself in the time that we're living in now. Regardless of what you see, regardless of what they're saying around you, you've got to remind yourself that God is well able to change your circumstance. I want to talk to somebody out there directly right now. I don't want to say that it doesn't matter what you're going through. It does matter. But I can say it this way. Whatever you're going through, God is able to bring about the change. Father, in the name of Jesus, the Christ, my Lord and my Savior, I do pray now, Father, that you would begin to move even the more in the lives of each and every hero right now and cause change to come. Father, remove that obstacle. Cause healing to come to the mind. Cause peace to come to that situation. Lord, let there be a difference. Bless, make whole. You know the thoughts, the condition, and the situation of every here and now. Lord, I pray that you would move in the midst of them. Thank you, Lord. Move in the midst of them. Let there be peace. Let there be newness in Christ's name. God bless you today for listening. I wonder if there's anyone that can hear my voice that you know that your relationship is not quite right with Christ. You've been half stepping on today, off tomorrow. No. Baby, you gotta get it right. You gotta repent of all of your sins. Ask God to come into your life and save you. And God will save you. God will keep you if you want to be kept. I know the time is moving on, but I wouldn't dare end this without you having the opportunity to surrender your life to the Lord. If you will, won't you just pray with me? Father, I believe your word. I trust you. And today I realize that I've not been doing you and not been the person that I should be in you. But today, Lord, I surrender myself to you. I ask you to forgive me, dear God, of all of my sin and save my soul. 
Help me, Lord, to walk in the newness of life according to your will and your word. Save me, Lord. Save me now. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.